kid. Bo, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's play ball. So can you just give me a little bit of your baseball background and what you're doing right now in baseball? Yeah, so um, graduated um, from East Texas Baptist University where I played for four years with a bachelor's degree in kinesiology. Uh, went and coached high school for five years. Uh, was lucky enough to get hired on at East Texas Baptist University as the pitching coach and strength and conditioning coach. I uh, was there for a year. Then I went back into high school coaching for three months. I left, started working at Top Golf, and started working on my master's because I wanted to get back into college coaching. Um, I figured that was my best route. Um, was there for a couple months, and then I moved to SFA where I started to help coach and continued my master's there and finished it up. Then I went to Letourneau University for a year, uh, then went to Northeast Texas Community College for the fall semester, and then got a full-time gig at Cedarville University in Ohio. It's a Division II school. Was there for a year and a half, and then Coach Cardenas at SFA called me up and said, hey, man, I lost my pitching guy. Would you be interested in coming back? And me and my wife had just had a kid. And our family's from the East Texas area, so it was a no-brainer to come back. Um, couldn't pass up the opportunity to, to be in Nacogdoches and work with Coach Cardenas again. So as an incoming freshman at high school, what would you tell mm -hmm. me to work on over the next few years if I wanted to be recruited at a school like yours? I think one of the biggest things that we've kind of seen across the board for younger guys is just strength in general. Um, a lot of guys are like, man, we, we played 72 games a year and we go to all these tournaments and then, you know, we, we get up there and their exit below is 70 miles an hour. Um, I think if guys would focus a little bit more time on learning the basics in the weight room, uh, learning how to, to move weight and how to move in general, um, that, that, that'll make them a little bit more efficient. I think sometimes we, we worry about our swing and how it is. Um, and, and what our pitching mechanics are, but really we're not even strong enough to do anything yet. And I think if we can focus on those things as a younger group, um, it, it's a lot easier because we're kind of in that, that speed window, that growth window there and that 13 to 15 year old range, I believe is what it is. And I think too many guys miss that and try to catch up when they're a junior and senior in high school. So strength would be a big thing on my end. I completely agree. I took these past three years I've been working out now. Uh, yeah, and it's been a big gain in my exit velocity, my pitching velocity, yep. and of course I'm just bigger than yeah. most other kids. Yeah, I it, think it you're, help, you're able. Yeah. I'm six two as a fourteen year old. That does help, though. That does help. You got a little bit different frame than some guys, but you know it's kind of like you upgraded to a Ferrari or put a better engine in there instead of trying to make everything more efficient, and then later on trying to see if I can't get a new motor. You've kind of added that motor in and learned how to use it, um, and you get more time that way, in my opinion. Yeah. So you created a couple of great resources for coaches, including J-Hole staff and a group texting around pitching. So can you yeah. tell us a bit more about them and why you felt uh, you wanted to start these and what you've learned from having these groups? Yeah, absolutely. So the whole Johnny Hole staff deal got started um, from going through the ABCA chats that would come up on Twitter. A huge Twitter guy. I love all the information that's out there that's readily available. Um, but we would have those ABCA chats, and everybody'd have to use the hashtag. And instead of having to scroll back through and find all these charts and drills and everything everybody's sharing, thought, what if we just make a website? Um, we can go in. You can go to this one website and find a ton of information in one spot. 
So now instead of having to Google and hit on different links and hope that I find something, I've got everything in one stop shop. Um, so we kind of did it that way uh, just to kind of make it easier because we all know coaches might be looking for something last minute or they don't have a whole lot of time. Um, so I wanted to make it easier on them. Um, and then with the Rapsodo group me, it's the same kind of concept. A lot of people are willing to share stuff on Twitter, but I wanted to make it a little bit more accessible where maybe, hey, I can ask a question and it's not out there for all of the public to see on Twitter. Um, so we can get a little bit more intimate on what we're trying to do uh, with the Rapsodo or maybe there's a secret we don't want to share. Um, so I just thought it was literally like the day before Thanksgiving or the day after Thanksgiving. I was like, you know what? We'll start a Rapsodo group. Me, I'll send it out, get 20 to 25 guys in there. We'll just kind of start popping questions off since it's such a new product. We want guys to be able to know how to use it and integrate it. And it's turned into over 300 members in there right now. Um, there's a lot more pitching in general going on in there, which is great. Um, so that's that's been a huge resource that took off way more than I thought it was going to. So can you tell the people who don't know what the Rapsodo is, what exactly Rapsodo is? Yeah, so Rapsodo is a camera and radar-based unit that sits on the ground. Um, the new unit sits between home plate and the pitcher um, and faces the mound. Um, so you can set it up at either 10 feet or 15 and a half feet from the front of home plate. So basically what happens when a pitcher throws a pitch to the catcher, uh, the radar picks up that something's coming in and starts taking a ton of pictures as the ball travels. So then what happens is that machine has a little CPU unit with it, and it starts putting in all those pictures into an algorithm, reading the spin and so forth. And it spits out a ton of numbers from velo um, to horizontal and vertical movement, the spin axis, the spin rate. Um, so you can start to tell a lot of things um, from there and start to kind of play around with it compared to just trying to trust your eyes. Um, you can't really see the spin rate um, and things like that. You think you do, but then you get on the rap and it's like, wow, we weren't even close. So um, it just kind of speeds everything up from the learning curve. So uh, can we talk a bit how you would work with someone like me if I came to a camp or an eval uh, and you look at my rap soda numbers? Yeah. Um, so you gave me some numbers earlier um, that I've kind of have access to here as I'm driving and reading these. This is not probably safe, but um, so we have an average fastball, I think, was uh, around 73.4, the RPM of 2100. So the first thing that we're going to do with fastball is we're going to figure out what your Bauer units are. And all we're trying to do with Bauer units is we're trying to standardize and normalize everything that we do. So think of it like an ACT score. If if you make a 30 on your ACT and I make a 28, then we know that you did better. Like that's, it's pretty cut and dry. 30 is better than 28. So what we want to know is on the same scale between VLO and RPMs, what, what score do we have? So we're going to turn it into a Bauer unit first by taking the RPM, dividing it by the velocity. And so for your Bauer units, they gave us a 28.6. All right. So MLB average Bauer unit is 25. Um, on the towards once we start getting into the low end, anything below a 22.5 is low. Anything above a 25.5 is high. So what we know now is you have a high power unit or a high spin rate for your velocity. So what we know now is, hey, you can work up in the zone. And the reason you can work up in the zone is because the ball is be perceived off of what is average. So with you being a higher Bauer unit, your ball is actually going to be above where everybody normally sees the baseball. So throwing up in the zone, they swing under it more. Okay, Just the opposite if your Bauer unit is lower, 
they're going to tend to see the ball in one spot. The ball actually comes in below where they see it. So working up in the zone is going to help you out. So those are one thing that we're going to look at first because everything's going to go off your fastball. Your fastball is what it is. Okay, we can kill spin on a fastball by changing maybe a grip or changing the spin axis, but we really can't raise our spin rate unless we do something illegally like use a foreign substance. Okay, so that's where we're going to base everything off of. Sunscreen, whatever they use nowadays, rosin and sunscreen and bullfrog or super bubble blow pop gum. I don't know. So um, there's all kinds of ways to do it out there. Um, So that's where we start. As we start with fastball, it's also what you throw the majority of the time. You know, when you're playing catch warming up, first thing you learn how to do is throw a fastball. So that's everybody's normal at that point. So what we'll look for then is after we know where you can throw, um, we'll kind of look off your secondary pitches. So now with your secondary pitches, I think you gave me your numbers for your slider, uh, which was 64 miles an hour with a 2200 RPM, which is a power unit of around 34 uh, with a spin efficiency of 34%. Um, so what we're going to look at now is the range of kind of the breaking balls and the Bauer units. Um, so league average at the MLB level is 28 to 30 on a Bauer unit. Uh, 26 to 28 is below average and above average is 31 to 33. So you're going to have an above average spin rate on your slider. So now we know, hey, I've got a high spin rate fastball. I've got a high spin rate breaking ball. I should be, be able to be pretty successful and, and trust those. Um, another thing we can do now is if, we want to actually look at that fastball and say, hey, what's our spin axis? Well, our spin axis, I think, is 954 is what you gave me. Um, so are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. You're right-handed. Okay. I'm going to guess that that spin axis might not actually be correct. I would have to go back and, and check on that or get you to check on that for me. Um, but we can look at now is if I have a lower arm slot and I'm spinning the fastball sideways, maybe I need to – Make sure that that thing has a little bit more ride to it. I'm on top of it a little bit more so I can throw it up in the zone. Um, if I'm a lower three-quarter guy, the slider's going to pair, pair well with that. Um, or if we're throwing up in the zone, maybe a curveball is going to pair with that. So those are things that we can start to look at. I wouldn't actually take the slider away because it is a plus pitch for you. But maybe we work on adding a curveball in there as well just to kind of something that we can throw more often and take the fastball out a little bit. Is that all kind of – make sense without hopefully talking over anybody's head. No, that makes total sense. Okay. Okay. I, I would be kind of curious to look at your spin axis on your fastball because I don't know if that yeah, it, would, it, ma- would, ma- would make a, sense. Probably a two to three o'clock thrower. So, okay. Okay. Maybe yeah. I read that. Maybe that was for the slider. Maybe Possibly. I wrote it down wrong. That might be what it, that would make more sense if that's a 954 would sound more for the slider. So, um, yeah, that would make a lot more sense then to, to look at it that way. So if you're like a one to two o'clock, you're probably going to get some decent horizontal run on that as well. Um, so maybe we could actually take that, that spin efficiency on your fastball is 81.9. And, uh, maybe we can get behind that a little bit more, raise that efficiency, maybe to then that 90 mile, uh, sorry, that 90% and maybe even get a little bit more velocity out of it. Um, it's kind of been talked about from RPP Rockland, uh, peak performance up in New York. They've done some studies and stuff with, uh, the Rapsodo unit and they kind of guesstimate that for every 10% efficiency that you gain, um, you can look about a one mile per hour velocity, um, increase. And that's just because we're putting more force into the center of the baseball, uh, compared to on the outside. Um, so we might lose a little bit of 
horizontal movement, but we might gain a little bit more zip and a little bit more vertical ride on it. So that might be something worth looking into. Perfect. Our final question here is if you could build your all time two, three, and four, who are you putting in there? Oh man. Uh, two, three, and four, meaning what are we talking about? Batting lineup. Two, your number Batting two lineup. hitter, your number three, Ooh. your number four. Man, that's, that's a really loaded question. Um, because I'm gonna be honest with you as a pitching coach, I'm trying to learn how to get those guys out. So, um, I'm more worried about that. I mean, I think there's some, some great hitters out there. I think bonds would be a good one. Um, cause he is a threat at the plate. Um, but I think you might even put him at the three hole and try to protect him on the front side and backside, maybe have trout, um, in front of him. Um, and man, you know, I was always a Griffey fan growing up. Um, I was a center fielder growing up and a pitcher and, and Griffey was just a stud in my opinion. And I wish he would have stayed healthy a little bit more often and maybe got some more at bats. So I'm just going to go out on a limb since you put me on the spot and I'm going to, so trout bonds and Griffey. Yeah, That's what I'm going to go with. I had trout as my number one as my number two. Also, I, I just think he's probably one of the greatest hitters of all time. And he looks like he's only getting better as we go. Um, it, it's hard to pass having that guy anywhere in the lineup. Well, thank you so much for playing ball. No problem. I appreciate it, Sammy. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they will show the podcast with. Thank you, Patrick Jones Baseball and DJ Jazzy Jeff123 for the reviews this week. And don't forget to play ball, kid.